Dr. Olivia Hooker, survivor of the 1921 Tulsa Greenwood race riot, by Dr. Olivia Hooker. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Dr. Olivia Hooker, survivor of the 1921 Tulsa Greenwood race riot. Her prepared statement and testimony in connection with the Tulsa Greenwood Riot Claims Accountability Act of 2007. April 24, 2007. Prepared Statement of Olivia J. Hooker. My name is Dr. Olivia J. Hooker, and I currently reside in the state of New York. I was born on February 12, 1915, and I am a survivor of what is known as the Tulsa Race Riot of 1921 but what was really a massacre of the Greenwood neighborhood of Tulsa, then called the Black Wall Street. My parents, Samuel and Anita Hooker, came to Tulsa from Holmes County, Mississippi. At the time of the riot, I lived on Independence Street in the Greenwood District of Tulsa with my parents and four siblings. At the time of the riot, my parents owned a home on Independence Street valued at $10,000, and a clothing store at 123 North Greenwood Avenue that was one of the most prominent stores in Greenwood. My home was severely damaged, but not destroyed in the riot. However, the mob completely destroyed my parents' business, which was described as a total loss. Furnishings valued at $3,000 were either stolen or deliberately smashed or destroyed. Jewelry valued at $1,000 furs valued at $1,000, and silver valued at $500 were also stolen. The estimated total loss of goods displayed at the store was $100,000. That makes a total loss of $104,000 to our parents during that riot. My parents were distraught over the loss of the many beautiful things they had purchased with their hard-earned money. The mobs hacked up our furniture with axes and set fire to my grandmother's bed and sewing machine. I still remember the sound of gunfire raining down on my home and that the mob burned all my doll's clothes. After the riot, my mother saved all the artillery shells that mobsters had put in all of our dresser drawers. As a child, I had believed every word of the Constitution, but after the riots happened, I realized that the Constitution did not include me. After the Tulsa violence, my mother took our family to Topeka, Kansas, while my father remained in Tulsa to try to restore his bombed-out business. My father filed a lawsuit against the insurance company for the value of the destroyed property, but a judge threw the case out in 1926 or 1927. Later, we moved to Columbus, Ohio, where my sisters and I graduated from Ohio State University. After teaching third grade for seven years, I enlisted in the United States Coast Guard, becoming the first African-American woman to enlist and go on active duty in the Coast Guard, then a part of the U.S. Navy during World War II. I earned an M.A. from Columbia University Teachers College on the GI Bill and a Ph.D. degree at the University of Rochester where I was one of two black female students. I taught in the Graduate School of Arts and Sciences at Fordham University, retiring as associate professor in 1985. 
we did go on with our lives after the riot but the memories of what happened to us then will never go away the injustices we suffered the two days of the riot and the injustices we suffered after the riot when insurance companies failed to pay riot victims for their losses and when court officials summarily threw out our riot victims cases are a blot on tulsa's image that have not been erased to today testimony of olivia hooker phd james b duke professor emeritus of history duke university school of law thank you representative conyers and committee for allowing us to unburden ourselves after eighty-six years of suffering as a small girl of six years my two parents who had come to oklahoma to teach in the indian nations my mother from texas and my father from mississippi and when oklahoma became a state then it was possible for my father to go into business but then picture with me the trauma of a young six-year-old girl hearing things hitting the house bang 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 like that and thinking it was hail until my mother took me to the window and let me peer through the blinds and said that thing up there on the stand with the american flag on top of it is a machine gun and those are bullets hitting the house and that means your country is shooting at you this was a totally amazing thought to a child who was totally idealistic i had never met any kind of discrimination because the salesman who came to sell my father things always acted as if the children were so important in order to sell their goods. So I didn't know about hatred, and this was devastating to me, to think of my country shooting at me. As the publicity was suppressed, the nation did not know about what happened in Tulsa except through the black press. Roscoe Dungy in Oklahoma City and Mr. Smitherman in Tulsa, who did publish it, but the local presses of many cities did not. It so happened my dad went down to the rubble. There was nothing but bricks left of the store, but he noticed his safe was still there. And he thought, well, I will try to open it, thinking it would be empty. But praise the Lord, it was not empty. He didn't have money, but he had some war bonds. And he was able then, with a wise secretary, Mr. Gregg, who had been trained in a graduate school in Germany, Archie Gregg and my father went on a speaking tour to the black churches of the United States, on the East Coast mostly. They went to Washington, to the AME Zion Church, and to Petersburg and Lynchburg and Richmond, places like that, where the black people in those towns sent missionary barrels of shoes and useful clothing, and those things were distributed out of the undestroyed part of Booker Washington High School. The Red Cross entered the field a little later, because the local Red Cross had said they would not give people anything unless those people came and washed their clothes and took care of their children, because they were desolate for help at home. Finally, the National Red Cross sent Maurice Willows, and things got better so far as issuing of materials. But the damage that was done was not only the material things. A house destroyed, the entire neighborhood destroyed, the businesses destroyed, all the services destroyed, our school bombed on the day that we should have been getting our report cards to move up to the next class, so that the children of Tulsa were very devastated. The machine gun captain decided he had to make my mother leave the house as she was pouring water on the house to try to keep it from burning. 
So he sent somebody down and said, tell that woman to get out of there with those children and go to a place of safety. My mother was trained in oratory at Tuskegee, and she said, I cannot go until I talk to these people who brought their children to watch this catastrophe. And my mother started to speak to them, to say it would be visited upon the children under the third and fourth generation, at which point the people said, stop that woman, she is scaring our children. And a man came over and said to her, when the mob gets out of your house, I will go down and put out the fire if I can. And there was evidence at our house that he did do that, but of course most things were lost. I see I am over time, and I thank you again for letting me speak. End of Dr. Olivia Hooker, Survivor of the 1921 Tulsa Greenwood Race Riot by Dr. Olivia Hooker Read by Colleen McMahon